The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 20th, 2018, season 14, episode number 83. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, talking some Cowboys football today. We get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Redskins. Thanksgiving Day tilt here at AT&T Stadium. I think the kick is 330 um, for all you guys out there in the central time zone, and it'll be just in time for you to sit back and watch some football after you finish stuffing your face with food. How's everybody doing today? Love the word tilt. Tilt? I do too. One of my favorite football you don't things. Tilt. Not feeling it. A little close. What? Oh, okay. Uh, so anything. I don't know. Tilt. I don't know. I like tilt. Just, yeah. All hey. right. We're going to go with it. Tilt. Anyway. So, uh, you, eat, you eat before the 3.30 game? No, I eat Friday. Well, Thanksgiving all right. if you Friday. didn't, if you didn't cover the Cowboys, you would eat like you're done eating when the Cowboys kick off. Yeah. Oh, no. Man, it's been you 20 years, wild. but it's yeah, I would, yeah, I would probably eat before or during. That's I guess, if you're a cow- I'll probably back to seconds by the time the game starts. If you're a Cowboys fan, I guess it kind of changes things. Like when I was a kid, we would probably eat at like halftime in the Cowboys game, like five, six late? o'clock. Like, I mean, it's so what you mean eating all day Thanksgiving dinner. You, oh. That's the best part is, like, I'd snack on what we're making, like, in the kitchen while I'm watching the noon game, you know? Like, mm. make deviled eggs. Maybe you eat two or three. <laughs> Nick's so out on this Sorry, conversation. I, it, I don't know. I don't even. Well, yeah. I mean. You don't even know what that's like anymore. I'm right? asking I'm yeah. asking the wrong I'm people. The same way. Nick's yeah. been working yeah. on Thanksgiving his entire adult life. Yeah. And, I, I mean, know. you too. Pretty much so. me too, yeah. So. And I've gone to a couple games when I was a kid. I remember, like, I went to a game and, you know. 1989 i was at the bounty bowl game you yeah know? so i i don't know it, it just whatever whatever works for the and it's, i guess people in people in dallas and detroit it's a different animal for them you know yeah. like that is what it is i mean i used to, is football i would wake up at like 11 and turn on the noon game and watch that and help my parents make dinner and we'd probably eat at like five yeah i don't yeah. think i'm as out as amber is on this i mean she's like <laughs> out what do y'all no, do for Thanksgiving? You know, Did you celebrate Thanksgiving in, Dom- in Dominican? What? <laughs> I'm an American, and <laughs> no, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, obviously. That's not a Dominican right. uh, holiday, but my stepdad, he is white, so uh, his white family does celebrate <laughs> Thanksgiving a lot, and all I knew was that you ate turkey and watch football you i didn't know anything about football but they sounds pretty accurate yeah, sounds it. pretty accurate and yeah. you ate while watching football right and then you went outside in the cold weather or coolish weather and threw the football around that's exactly yep. that was yep. my childhood that go. was that was my childhood it's not really cold in new orleans on thanksgiving not yeah. houston either but yeah. still we go outside and throw the football we we really would make it to about third quarter when we were young because as kids like we just couldn't stand to be in the house now, i know that's I, changed for kids these days but like by third quarter we were like never, get the football we're going outside. i never saw a third quarter probably for the cowboys i mean it was halftime then you go play and then it yeah. goes into the third and then you come back and watch right, it exactly I never saw a third quarter yeah i wonder i bet Any kids game. don't do that right now anyway all yeah, right let's get into okay. some cowboys yeah. versus redskins before we do that though we got to talk about that game last night um reds i'm sorry the uh the rams and the kansas city chiefs play and uh, break all kinds of records. Ending score 54-51. Uh, Rams win. 
my question to you guys is, did you was that entertaining? Did you like that brand of football? Because it seems more and more like that's maybe the way the NFL is is leaning. But what were your thoughts just watching that by the time it was all over? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I thought it was one of the best games I've ever seen. So yes, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't. I had a lot of people come back to me on Twitter. Well, I guess you don't like defense. I think that's stupid. I think there was a lot of defense. There was a lot of great plays in that game. Great players going back and forth. Sometimes games take on a tone, uh, you know, life of, the, of its own. And I thought it was two great quarterbacks going back and forth. And you know, defenses had to step up, and they finally did there at the end. Um, you know that guy in Kansas City is not going to make a play. So, I mean, he, he had a chance to make it, and he didn't. And uh, it was great. It was great. It was, you just like seeing that, don't you? Well, De- even Dez went after him. You got to oh, make he? that play. Yes. Oh, okay. You got to make that play, Skandrick. He actually – he's <laughs> just like – Oh. That's, I'm surprised Witten didn't say anything. Oh, Witten – no, Witten said after the second touchdown, Witten was like, it's pretty clear that the Rams have decided that tonight they're going after Orlando Skandrick. That's yeah. what he said. That's I had, true. And that. they were winning. I mean, they were winning at going after Orlando Scandrick. I have a really vivid memory from my time covering mm-hmm. this team. Um, 2014, Chicago, Thursday night football. It was the year after they got blown out in negative temperatures. Uh, they were up big. They let Jay Cutler bring the Bears back into it. They're rallying. And, uh, and Scandrick picked Cutler off in the end zone to kind of kill the rally and i just like he like fell to his knees and it was like the most over-the-top celebration i've ever seen in my life and i was like okay like good play dude but calm down like it's a regular season game but then i think about it now and i'm like yeah given his history trying to catch balls from opposing quarterbacks there's probably a pretty big moment for him because he's not good at it at all uh he had a chance to win that game for the chiefs and did not make the play uh which i thought it was fitting that the guy wearing 22 for the other team who also used to play for the chiefs did make the play. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would get I would be over it if every football game looked like that. But I sincerely enjoyed the hell out of that. That was yeah. amazing. What, what I liked the most is that it was it wasn't just some random game. I mean, this was the most anticipated regular season game, you know, in many many years. I mean, this is you got this late in the season, two nine and one teams. There'd been a lot of talk about this game already. Controversy. It was supposed to be in Mexico City. They moved it. All this stuff going on, you know, in in L.A. where there's been a lot of stuff happening in that area as well. To go out and then just not only you know live up to the billing, but rise past that. I mean, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, you're right. If it's, if that's every game, it won't be fun. But that's why. That's why it's good because it's not that way. Right. And that, my thing, I was telling you guys earlier this morning that when I think about what would be a, an ideal game for me. That's a little bit too much scoring. Like I really want, I want a game where it's a little bit more defense from the standpoint of it. It takes a little more for teams to figure out how to break through and get that score. I, I want to see that really, really tough game that ends up being somewhere like a twenty-one seventeen game with a lot of really big defensive hits and that kind of stuff. And I know that's changed. Like that's not NFL football as it as we used to know it. But that's what's ideal in my mind. That's, that's one of the reasons why I never could quite get into arena football is because it's just when it's so much scoring and it's just it loses a little bit of luster. But, you know, that's that's the beautiful thing about football, though, is like it that still is NFL football. I mean, you know, we're about to talk about the Redskins. They just felt like 23-21. Just the Texans slogged their way to this not all that pretty win. Cowboys and Falcons just did the same thing. Like defense is always going to be a component. I know the rules have drastically changed to favor offense and I hate it, but teams are going to adapt. And that's the cool thing about football is like the game, the Rams and chiefs just played is the same sport 
as the 17-14 game that the Colts and Tex or the Titans and Texans are probably going to play next week on Monday Night Football. Like, and and I, mean, I think people exaggerate. I think it kind of course corrects. I enjoy the game. I I would rather much see something like that than what we're used to seeing or like low scoring games mm -hmm. to me that's super boring the fact that they're scoring back and forth and that keeps you in the game that keeps you excited that keeps me want to keep watching and to me personally yes defensive plays are great when it's your team making them but touchdowns are even more fun to watch for me than just seeing the defense going at it and keeping the game low scoring i think you're a soccer fan though right oh, i'm sorry yeah you're yeah. a soccer fan, though, right? Yeah. So that's that's the one area where I, I get a little – I feel a little bit like it's kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth when people make the argument, well, scoring is great. Like soccer is the most popular sport in the world, and obviously people are okay with the idea that in a soccer match you're going to have, what, one or two goals in most soccer matches? To be honest, I watch soccer like the second half. Just because you figure the first half is <laughs> it, not going to be anything It's too on. boring. It's like uh, to me, I yes, it's – Sometimes fun, depending what the team, who the team is, and who they're going up against. But that's just too long of the the ball going back and forth. So without a payoff. When, yes, when yeah. I watch soccer, I'll watch the second half let, of a game. Let me take it to a different sport. I mean, a lot of us will watch boxing. Yeah. At least half, you know, half growing up, and and Amber, I know you watch some of it, uh, boxing as well. I mean, you, you always say styles make fights. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got you got somebody that's a really big, heavy puncher, and they're like, you know what? You can't stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. What you, how you're going to have to win is do this, this, all this side stuff. It's, you appreciate the fact that you got two heavyweights going, I'm going to stand right in the middle, and we're just going to trade blows. That's what we're going to do. We're going to hit, and I'm going to hit you back, and whoever's still standing at the end. And, and not everybody can run with the Saints and run with the Chiefs and run with, with the uh, Rams. Not everybody can run with Golden State. You appreciate when you have somebody that can play at that level and it's just back and forth, back and mm -hmm. forth. That's kind of what I liked about it. Yeah. And speaking of that, it's interesting this morning, Jerry on his radio show um, said he thinks his team could play with those teams and, and not specifically saying a specific a specific team, but saying that style because he says the the Cowboys would play with a different style. One that is right. more like what we saw last weekend where they would try to slow the game down. They would yes. try to control the clock. They would try to keep the opposing offense off the field. Do you think this defense is that good to be able to play that kind of game against a team that really right now it's it's those two teams plus the Saints. Those are the three teams that just are going to score a ton of points. Is this defense good enough to play with those teams? In I, I, I'd have to disagree. It wouldn't be about the defense. It would be about the offense. Your offense is what's going to have to keep them off the field and help your defense. That's what you're going to have to be able to take these long third and ones and you know and drive and extend the drive here and extend and then score. You can't be dropping balls in the goal line. So I, I think. Yeah, the defense would have to kind of hold up, but the offense would be the, the team that would have to get them off the field, sort of like what we saw in Atlanta. I mean, that sounds good, but we've seen in, in history when defenses have been good enough to win championships against these high-flying offenses, typically the opposing offense had a part in it, but really it's about that defense, and they were having to make some critical yes, stops. Yes, the defense is good enough. You think the defense good enough? is good enough to do that, but can the offense score enough? That's yeah. That would be my point. I would I would love to see it. I mean, I don't – you know, I don't want to be the homer that sits here like, yeah, they could play with them, the five and five Cowboys against these historic <laughs> offenses. But like, we see it all the time. And I mean, that's—I mean, throw the Bears in there. Bears are playing great defense right now. Are they good enough to I, beat some of these teams that are just scoring I would tons of points? Love to see that Bears pass rush against one of these teams. I, I mean, and again, that's the beauty of football. I mean, nobody thought the Giants could hang with the Pats in 07 or 
the Pats with the Rams in 01. I mean, yeah. it was a, and obviously football's changed so much since then. But again, like that's the cool thing about this league. These guys get paid a ton of money to figure out how to stop that stuff. And from what we've seen from the Cowboys defense, I certainly think they could hold them to less than 54 points. I think, I think this Cowboys team could probably hold the Rams uh, in the 30s, like 31 to 38, and then it's on your offense to play well enough and keep them off the field, yada, yada, yada. And I'd love to see it. I don't, I don't know if they'd win, but I don't think it would look like that. We'll see, we'll see it. I mean, I, mean the, the, I think the Saints are right there with those two teams. And yeah, so I do we'll, too. we'll see that style with them. I think the Saints can be just as much, yeah. even more explosive that because is, they've got they more. got a good defense, yeah, too. This, that's true. This, the Saints beat the Rams at least by those. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty bad. Like yeah. 10 points against that team is convincing, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, they'll get a great shot to sh- see what they look like against them in a week. Yeah. yeah, they'll find out real quick if that style does match up with those teams and, and what they can expect in the future. Because that's really the thing. You start looking at the future of where this team's going. I'm talking about future years. And uh, you got those teams sitting there with quarterbacks that are young and still playing and, and are already playing really well. But so I just it's it's, make it challenging. It's, I, I, and I'm such a dork for that type of stuff. But I just, you know, we had... It was a different team and a different style, obviously. But, like, we talked this way about the Seahawks for forever. It's like, well, they're just going to rule the league and they're going to – and, you know, people implement things that they do and they copy them and then the salary cap plays a role like, and all of a sudden the Seahawks are a 5-5 five and five team that's scraping to get by like everybody else. And that's uh, between teams scheming for them, between Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes needing contracts, not to mention – the cost of the defensive stars that they have and the receiver. I mean, they got weapons everywhere and that's the beauty of this league is they're going to slowly pick them apart. So my advice to them is capitalize on this window while you can. Yep. You won't have Patrick Mahomes at that cost forever. Oh, so God. take advantage. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some injuries that the Cowboys are having to deal with. We'll also get to Dave's breakdown of the Redskins offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. 
When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star Talking Cowboys football, Cowboys versus Redskins. This Saturday, I mean, this, uh, I'm sorry, this Thursday, Cowboys will have to enter the game without Jeff Swain. How big is that? He's got this injury now, this broken wrist. We'll have to have surgery. Um, how big is that? Big. Big. Uh, he's the only tight end that, that's that's um, good <laughs> on this team. Ah. <laughs> don't mince words, Nick. Tell I, us how you really feel. And I don't know how good he really is. I thought he played a nice game, though, against Atlanta. It's too bad that he got hurt there uh, one of those last plays of the game. Um, but I just don't see anyone. I mean, no one else is playing well. I mean, Jarwin hasn't been. His snaps have gone to Schultz and Gathers, and they're not doing anything either. So, I mean, it, it's it's too bad. I mean, they're gonna have to figure this out because they are going to be stubborn and play with tight ends. I mean, that's just what they're gonna do. Yeah. And even if they're really not good enough, and that's that's kind of what's scary is because this offensive line is, needs a little help there in the running game against Washington. And I don't know who can provide it. He catched two passes in this last game that, to me, were kind of impressive. Not in a way that it's like, oh, my God, what a play. But in a way that when you see those kinds of throws to a receiver type of player, they usually drop it. And he was able to catch those. And then that caught my eye. I'm like, hmm, maybe he's not as bad as we think. And maybe he can be utilized more and be more productive in the offense. But I don't think I don't think we think Jeff Swaim is bad. I don't do I think... I think of Jeff Swaim a lot of the same way I thought of James Hanna. Like, underrated player. He can catch a little. He can block a little. He can do everything you ask him to do. Problem is, you know, you always looked at James Hanna in, in the context of a number two tight end, right. whereas Swaim is your starter. I don't. In an ideal world, I don't think you want him to be your starter, but I think he's a hell of a valuable guy to have as your number yeah. two and just kind of be versatile like i that. like the block on the goal line for dax touchdown I and mean, he had that whole yeah. side sealed there he yeah. right. sorry i didn't mean to cut you who off caught, he, he did catch those two passes one off the ground the other one that we saw and it might have been because of the angle that we had in the press box where it looked like it could have been an interception and he did a nice job of coming back to, to dad making that catch i think like a receiver the angle the angle had something to do with it but like he attacked that ball mm-hmm. no like it could have mm-hmm. been a pick if he hadn't had been as aggressive as he was with it i i mean it's a pretty routine 12-yard catch, but when you're looking in the context of this team's tight ends, which is easily one of the weakest spots on his roster, yeah, I thought it was a really nice play. I think he's made some great progress. He's he's become he's not a liability as a blocker, like straight up, which is that's a compliment to him given that you know where he's coming from and the fact that he didn't get a lot of snaps earlier in his career. Yeah, when you look across the league at tight ends, he's developed, I think, into a very solid tight end. I don't think he's near the bottom. I mean, not nowhere close. I think he is a very solid tight end, which is about as much as you can ask for with Jason retiring at the time he did and the Cowboys not really addressing the position. It's about as best as best as you could yeah. probably expect it's, from him this year. People play fantasy football. He's not going to be a guy that, no. to be on no. your team. And he's, he's, he's not that type of guy. He's right. not going to come close to the Pro Bowl. Like, that's not what we're trying to say, but for what he is. And solid. To Nick's point, they're going to insist on using a tight end slash multiple tight ends. Jeff Swaim, uh, he went out in the fourth quarter against Washington and missed all of Tennessee. So that's, 
you know, 60, 70 snaps that he didn't play. And he still has, he's played 80% of the offensive snaps. And at, at one point in the season, before he got hurt, it was as high as like 91, 92, like behind Dak, Zeke, and the all-pro O-lineman, he's the next I, most consistent member of the offense. I think what you'll see is you'll see a lot more. And you're starting to see Olawali in there a little bit as a lead blocker. You'll see that more. And I think, and I'm just, I don't know this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Cam Fleming in in the goal line situations as it coming in as a tight end. I think that'd in, be smart. In that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Or Connor Williams. I mean, maybe you work on True. Connor Williams to do some, some kind of thing. Like, he could... Be a fullback for you, yeah. But either way, I think it's you're probably better off taking one of those offensive linemen as your extra guy rather than bringing in a tight end on short yardage. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling though that eleven personnel between the twenties, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, which is not something I thought I would say, but he's he's shown progress. He's you know he's, he's had some nice plays since they brought him back. You know, made he's in game day on the game day roster now and. I mean, he's just, he's the best. If Rico's going to get five touchdowns, Derek, he's going to have to start getting them. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I, as I'm always. kind of running short here. <laughs> I, can, I don't know if we're going to get there. But. I can hear the people calling for Rico, but I Does just think. Does he catch five passes before yes, the right. season? Yes, right. Let's say passes. Let's just change Let's it up. Let's get to five passes. How many does he have right now? One? Two. Two. Yeah. I know he had the big one in Houston. He had another one against Jacksonville where okay. it was about 13, 14 yards. That's it, though. I just think I think that they think Schultz is smart. I know. I mean, I know Schultz is smart. His issue is he just needs to get stronger. Yeah, and but he's not going to do that till the off season. He's you know? made some strides, which yeah, I think Nick's right. They'll probably try to find a workaround when it comes to blocking. But in terms of being the best mix of the two, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's yeah. I, it it's a sneaky big loss. Like yeah, you're like oh. Yeah. He's got 15 catches for 240 yards, whatever. Like, it's a sneaky big loss of yeah. the way this team wants to play football. Yep. Let's talk about some of the other guys that have, that missed last week. Uh, still in the injury report, but a lot of them were limited yesterday in practice, now, albeit that was a walkthrough. Um, so, you know, you can probably walk through a lot easier than you can if you're going uh, even half speed. But uh, Taco Charlton with the shoulder injury, he was limited. Malik Collins played last week, but he was limited yesterday with a knee injury. Daniel Ross calf injury. He was limited. Antoine Woods went full participation, which is a good thing. He's coming off the concussion. Um, he basically it, already said he's playing. Right, and it yeah. sounds like it sounds like uh, from what Jerry was saying, he expects that maybe Taco has a chance to play this week. Um, and Tyron, another guy, I didn't throw in there, was limited yesterday. It sounds like the Cowboys are expecting him well, they, to play on Thursday. They as well. practiced today. I mean, they've already had their practice. Taco was out there. Uh, Ross was out there. Antoine Woods, uh, Malik. So it looks like the defensive line is going to be a little bit better. Not yeah. David Irving. I'm not. I'm not expecting to see him. But everybody, I'll believe it when I see him back on the yeah. field. Honestly, everybody else though, all the other Ross Woods Taco, I think they're all heading toward availability. I'm telling you, Tavon Austin has to be close. He has to be close to coming back. I don't think he'll play this week, but. There's no way that he won't be ready physically to play against the Saints. Now, does he play? That's going to be a different story. But physically, he's got to be close to being ready. Why are you saying it, saying it so emphatically like that? Because nobody dances like that. <laughs> are we still back to the dancing? <laughs> he's he, again like everybody else is stretching, and he's un—I mean, uncontrollably <laughs> dancing. Is there such thing as uncontrollably yes, dancing? Yes. Just... He, I mean, if you watched him, you were like, "All right," you know, he's. It, 
he's like trying to be Michael. Like he's just <laughs> he's ready. And especially if he's got a groin injury, he is ready. Did to he hit go. a split? Like did he, did he fall into a split like the cheerleaders do? I mean, what do he do? Just the whole show, Kent. Just like this, the whole show. What's, there's <laughs> no way. There's no way Tavon Austin listens to music that sounds like that. I was about to say that's probably not the music. It, he's it got looked to like it though. It looked like. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Avon Austin. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. How could we not Dave see Von that one Austin. coming? Yeah. <laughs> Knows how to party. All right. Um, so, I guess just to be clear, it looks like most of these guys that are in your, on the injury report, the Cowboys expect to play. Is there anybody that's on the injury report that you guys are a little bit hesitant that's going to be a, a miss of consequence for the Tavon Cowboys? Tavon Austin. David Irving, <laughs> Tavon Austin. We know Lee is probably not. Well, we know he's not playing. Ja, Sean Lee, Jeff Swaim. Those so four. Still. Taco. No, I think no. Taco's gonna play. I think Taco's gonna play. Um, All right. That might be my favorite. Taco. Just, just no. He's got an go. ass as the number one. <laughs> no, that's just definitely the, the number one. Heck, Brian's got about not. We never hear Brian drops on this show because he's. But not, they're good. Jail. Oh, no one Actually, jail. Mickey's is pretty good too. Here we go. As crazy as Mickey sounds, I have to agree with him. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Jam it right up your rear. <laughs> I, like, I like. I'm the only one that's been in jail. I like Mickey the pirate. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get to uh, your breakdown, Dave. What do we have for this uh, this, <laughs> this Redskins <laughs> offense uh, coming up this Thursday? What should we expect? Well, uh, full disclosure, it's Tuesday morning, and NFL Game Pass doesn't usually drop coaches' film until Tuesday afternoon. Rule so. number seventy-six: no excuses. <laughs> like well, champion. Thank you. I watched the I watched the TV broadcast of the Redskins that's Texans. Way to go! So. That's playing like a champion. I mean, I tried, um, but. Well, the I mean, the funny thing is, like, what they played a month ago, and they look pretty different thanks to injuries. I mean, who's not on their injury report? I, I mean, I know this was an estimation too, but uh, they they had a lengthy tackles. list all their own. Uh, Trent Williams is questionable. Um, he has not played in how long? Do you know? He's one of those guys that's been in and out of the lineup. To be yeah. honest with you, I I don't know that off the top of my okay. head. I'm pulling up the there it is. Uh, Ryan Anderson, uh, Tony Bergstrom, who is their reserve that came in for Brandon Sheriff. Uh, Jamison Crowder is still not practicing with an ankle injury. Quentin Dunbar's limited. Uh, Morgan Moses, their right tackle is limited with a knee injury. Backup tackle, Ty Niseki, limited. Deron Payne, limited. Uh, Samaje Pirine, who's like their fifth running back at this point. He didn't practice. Uh, Adrian Peterson was limited. I'm sure he'll play. Yeah. Chris Thompson still not practicing with a rib injury, and Trent Williams is limited too. So, so focus right there in on the offensive line because that seems to be the area where pe- I've heard at least people talking about them having so many injuries. Well, yeah. Talk me through the guys that are that are injured, and talk to me about guys that maybe were starters at the beginning of the season that maybe are not there because of injury well, or IR or whatever. The big one is Brandon Sheriff, who they drafted in 15. Uh, you know, he's like their Zach Martin. Yeah. I don't, he's I don't know if he's as good as Zach Martin, but he's really good. Really he's good player. On yeah. IR, done for the year. When did he get hurt? Um, was that after it, the Cowboys? It game? was in, but it was like the week after the Cowboys. I think game. it was the Atlanta. So the Cowboys game. faced him. They won't have. And that's what right. I'm trying to figure out the difference. Like who was there that day that is not going to be there Thursday? Sheriff is gone. Uh, he's their best. Well, I mean, Trent Williams has been amazing for a long time. Very very um, good. Sean, I can't. I struggle with it. Sean Laval. Uh, he was. They were doing this song and dance with all of these guys 
last month. And so the the names are the same. Their availability is different. He's on IR, too. So that's two of your preferred five guards out. Both guards? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trent Williams, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think he'll play. Yeah. Um, As a, there was a report just came out a little while ago saying that they're expecting him to play Thursday. So Morgan Moses is your preferred right tackle. He's limited. Tony Bergstrom, not your preferred right guard, but the right guard right now. He's limited. Jonathan Cooper... He is your left guard now. Mm, so they'll I'll see a familiar face there. Um what a, obviously your quarterback is different. Colt McCoy is gonna be starting. Mm. Um yeah, that's welcome. Um, although I will say, like in terms of you know, I'm sitting there, I, I actually wrote this note down. It was like McCoy brings a running element to this offense, and then I stopped and I was like, What am I talking about? <laughs> so is Alex Smith. Like they're very similar yeah. players. Like, I don't think that it's gonna look drastically different. McCoy's been in the league since 2010, and you know he's not the guy that I think you have to dumb down the game plan, basically. But if my memory serves me correct, when he's had opportunities to play there in Washington, it seems like he's a little more willing to chunk the ball downfield a little bit more than Alex Smith. Is that an accurate statement? Uh, I, I think the whole Alex Smith being afraid to chunk the ball. I'm not saying afraid. I'm just overrated. saying it seems like he does it more. Like he would, he was more of a downfield thrower than, I, than Alex Smith has been. I don't think he's afraid or unwilling to do anything. Yeah, but I, I still don't think the Redskins are going to play that way, though. Like, that's not that's not that offense anymore. Like, Deshaun Jackson's not there. We talked about that last time. Like, this isn't... Crowder's not really there. I, I, yeah, I, Crowder's, not there. Crowder's not playing right now. And even still, like, he... I always think of him as more of a side-to-side guy. Like, he's going to kill you on the crossing route way more than he's going to kill you yeah. streaking downfield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think we talked about it last time. Like they're very similar to the Cowboys in terms of you know they they obviously the offensive line is banged up, but they want to run the ball. Adrian Peterson's been the best thing about their offense to this point. He's still there. He had a touchdown against the Texans. Actually, like not a great day uh, by what he's been doing. At least I think he had like sixty five, but Colt McCoy had forty, and that was just in a quarter and a half. Again, mm-hmm. I mean that's something you got to account for it, and a lot of that was designed runs too. Um, so I think that's something you got to watch. Maurice Harris is a new name. He was their fifth or sixth receiver the last time they played. He has been severely bumped up due to injuries. Um, you know, Paul Richardson's another guy they lost for the year. Uh, he had a really nice game against um, Atlanta, I think. Um, and then a new name, Trey Quinn. I don't know if you remember him from the draft. He played at SMU. Mm-hmm. He's a thousand yard receiver alongside Cortland Sutton down there last year. Was on IR at the start of the season. Came off. He's, I mean, he's Cole Beasley. He's a slot extraordinaire. He had four catches for fifty yards in his first game ever. Rookie, mm. been on IR fifty yards right off the bat. He's gonna, I mean, exclusively in the slot within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. It's something for Anthony Brown and and these linebackers to worry about. Um. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it, the 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 cast is different even in the four weeks it's been, but I think they're going to look awfully similar. This still isn't an explosive team. They run the ball better than anything else, and I have a feeling they're going to focus on that even more with a backup quarterback playing. All right, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, I want these guys to kind of mix it up a little bit here and talk about, or at least uh, let's just talk about uh, how we expect this to be a little different than maybe what we saw when we were in Washington before looking at the Washington offense versus the Cowboys defense. We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. 
That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, tell us about Tommy John. Well, Tommy John's got skins on the wall. I mean, they, they've sold at least 3 million pairs sold and probably getting close to 4 million. That's because they're doing something right. So if yes. you're not in that group of the 3.5, I'll just go ahead and say 3.5 million. If you're not in that group, then make sure you go to TommyJohn.com and buy some. And if you already have bought some, you always need good depth. You need more, you know, Tommy John pairs there. Just like a football team, you need to have some backups there. And these guys are definitely going to play. Speaking of backups, we're good there. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, there, yes. there's nothing. Forgot about Mark. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. Marco. He's actually signed with the Redskins. You he did. You didn't put that in the in the thing. Well, I don't, ex- see him. I don't expect Broadus him. Like Broadus says, I hope we see him. <laughs> I don't expect him to play, but I, it's very possible. Yeah. It's notable. He's a hit away. Yeah. He's, I, I I said that yesterday. Like he's had a funny history with the Cowboys and Thanksgiving because he beat them here in fourteen, and then he was on the team in sixteen, which is one of my favorite games from my time covering the team. Honestly, it was Dak Dak did the daddy move on that guy, stiff armed him, and I I think that was as impressed as I was at any point in that season with Dak because Kirk Cousins was just bombing away. Like, he had 450 yards in that game, and every time the Redskins scored, Dak just calmly, coolly let him back down the field and was like, yeah, this guy's got 
brass ones. It was impressive. Sorry. All right. Didn't mean to hop up on my soapbox. No, I'll no, good. I just, I'll good. Just, I had it. There's a good parallel there, and I just missed it. I mean, I could have easily mean. done that. It's true. Speaking of butts, Mark gotcha. Sanchez was like, no, no, no. yeah, he missed it. Butt fumble. All right, let's jump back in. Uh, Cowboys versus Redskins. We're talking about the Redskins offense versus the Cowboys defense. You go back and look at that game that they played about a month ago. And to me, the, the one thing that stood out, or one of the many things that stood out when you talk about that matchup, Redskins offense, Cowboys defense, was that the Cowboys defense was really, really good in the red zone. There were twice that the uh, Redskins were in goal-to-go situations, and the Cowboys held them to field goals, which that's a huge feat against any team to be able to do that. And the Cowboys still end up losing by three. Do you expect that the Cowboys will be able to repeat that? And why was that not enough just taking people back to that game? Why was that not enough for the Cowboys to ultimately get the win? Zeke wasn't a big factor in that game. They did a nice job of stopping him. So uh, the Cowboys were always having some problems with I mean, a lot of penalties in the, uh, um, in the offensive line. It's probably one of their worst games. And so uh, that's one of the reasons, but you talked about the defense. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the defense did a nice job in the red zone. This is a good red zone defense the Cowboys had, but they weren't getting any help on offense until the very end, until it was scramble mode. Um, you know, it was just one deep ball to Gallup. They didn't really drive the ball. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, you know, kind of, I got to dig through my memory banks, but let's go through that. Okay, Zeke's not a factor. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen ate the interior of that line for lunch. So, Cause for optimism. Xavier Suofilo has played really well. More powerful guy than Connor Williams. Deron Payne's injured right now. That gives you some hope. Uh, Dak turned the ball over at midfield in that game. Set up an easy drive for the Redskins. Um, defensive touchdown. Dak again. Dak turned the ball over on his Huge. own goal line and yeah. gave up 7 of 20 points. So, I mean, the defense scored a third of their points in that game. So, I mean, that's a 10-point swing right there. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, that, the defense played pretty well in that game. The offense put them in terrible situations situations for most of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get a phone call. We got a call here from Bruce in Plano. Bruce, what up? Bruce, you there? Yes, I'm here. What up? What do you have for us? Hey, uh, what you guys were discussing earlier about with Swain being out, uh, our different options. And you uh, forgot the best option uh, that I called last week and told you guys to consider. Rod Smith, triple threat. Put him in the backfield with Zeke for the majority of plays. He can block. He can catch. You know, um, he made some uh, – in the last game, uh, he caught a one-handed uh, – that pass one-handed. You know, it was only for one yard, but he's always making plays, but they're not giving him a lot of opportunities. So – I mentioned last week our tight ends weren't doing anything. Our best tight end is out now, so time to put Rock Smith in. All right, thanks for the call. That's, that's remember when he blocked that defensive end off the edge. That's see, that's, that's kind of where I was going. With, but go ahead. Under <laughs> another underrated player, love the role that Rod Smith plays. But again, the you know this coaching staff, right? I mean, they're like they're not going to they're not just magically going to start playing twenty one personnel all the time. I said this last night. Nobody would love to see them just say, "Oh." No tight end. Looks like it's ten personnel from here on out. They're not going to do that. They're going like they want to play their game. They're going to use a tight end. You can't play Rod Smith at tight end. You can't do it with Noah Brown either. That's another thing I've heard a lot of people say. He's never played the position, and he's at least twenty, if not forty pounds, too light to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think it's a great idea. And that's is there a way to scheme around it? Absolutely, there is. That's not what the Cowboys are going to do. They're going to say 
this is what we do. We're going to focus on ourselves and we're going to execute. And we just need one of these guys to step up and do it better. That's what they're going to do. Okay, take me back for a second. Wasn't it a few years ago when the Cowboys tried making converting Rod Smith to a fullback? Am I remembering, yes, remembering that, remember correctly? that correctly? And it ended up that that was how they actually got Keith Smith converted to being yes. a fullback because Rod wasn't the answer that it's they were looking for. Right. And the point I'm making there is this is not a novel idea, and that's for the, the call of Bruce. This isn't a novel idea. This is an idea the Cowboys have had before, and it didn't work. And well, he's a six-three running back. You're not going to be a fullback right. at six-three. You got to get low. Now, tight end—that's a different story. But he's just too light to do it. That's right. not his position. That's, you saw him make some nice catches out of the backfield. One. So do it play. sometimes, right? Right. You can do I that mean, sometimes, he, but he's, a running he's not going to be a fullback. He's not going to be a full-time fullback for you. Even if he, even if he's freaking Mike Allstott, like he could be the best fullback in the world. What does that have to do with the fact that they need a tight end? Like you know, that doesn't. They still need a guy out on the edge who can help you take care of those things, especially with the guys that the Redskins have on their front. I and mean, this is, yeah, this, or I mean, Clowney and Watt have something to say about that. But one across the <laughs> no, a lot but, to say. No, about but I'm, across the board, this is one of the best fronts that they play all year. I mean, Kerrigan, uh, what's his damn Preston Smith drew a blank there, and then those two defensive tackles in the middle. Like, you need some help with that, and. I really like the role Rod Smith plays for this team, but I don't think that's the answer. That being said, you mentioned Suofilo. How much do you think that that affects this and gives the Cowboys an opportunity to be a lot better than they were that day against that Washington front? I think it. I, I think Connor Williams was it was one of his worst games, if not the worst game that he he's played. And I think Suofilo just gives him a l- lot more strength up up. You know the with the way Colombo wants to block right through the middle there more attacking mode i think you'll see that uh in this game and, and i think it helps tyron on the on the edge i think it helps looney um you know once they've really gotten him in the game i mean you've seen a big difference i mean i don't think it's a coincidence that that Sulafilo is in the game and zeke's flirted with 200 all-purpose yards twice i just i don't think so i if think the cowboys win this game i think i might be ready to jump on the hype train of them because oh like for the for the team or for, for- Sulafilo? For the team. Okay. Like and, if the team is, is going somewhere, like actually yes, playoff. Actually, and... actually going somewhere and, and kind of changing this thing up a little bit. Because with the changes that they made on the offensive line and with Amari Cooper being here and all that, I think the Titans game might have been just one of those games that it just they had to sacrifice in order to get things kind of clicking and where they need to be. And maybe we're starting to see, although these past two games – They've been close ones as far as, like, yes, they've moved the ball around, but they haven't been amazing as as far as the red zone and getting there and getting touchdowns and all that. But they've come out with the victory. So I'm curious to see if this is really where it's headed to with with the trend. I I feel that they're going to put up a pretty good battle against the Redskins. And it's going to be another close one. But if they get this victory, which I think they're very capable of, I have – no doubt with the defense. Um, I'm pretty confident with the defense of the Cowboys. But as far as the offense, they, they're starting to give me a little something where now I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're up to something here. If, yeah. if, if they do win this game and it looks a lot different on, you know, with their offensive line, um, you know, I, if I'm Connor Williams, I'm starting to snap the ball. I'm starting to work on that because Suofilo is a – that would be a difference maker right there. Like, okay, here's the change. It's not just coincidence. 
this is probably your left guard now for a, for a while. And Connor Williams got to figure out a way to play. A way to play. Center could be the issue next year. Could be tackle. I'm just saying your left guard would be solidified. If it's not already, it would be if you go out there and look completely different because that's the difference on the line. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't think you can understate how big it is that he's under contract for 2019. I mean, yeah, it's a great point. They looked awful against this same front a month ago. So if they go out and take care of business, then that that says volumes and. Yeah, like I like I said a week ago, I haven't heard anything, but just not going to be surprised if Connor Williams magically has the feet to play tackle come January. And just like, oh, we know what we said. But. We've seen that before. Yeah. 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 All right, I appreciate you guys joining us. Back tomorrow, we'll talk some more Cowboys versus the Redskins. We'll get into the Redskins off. I'm sorry, the Redskins uh, defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till, till tomorrow, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!